That's right. It's, uh, what's, what's right? You know, my levels here are kind of looking funky. And I'm going to fix that for myself so I don't get off track. This is Ogilby Street. This is the 32nd episode or session of the Experimentalist Podcast. This podcast, if this is the first time you're listening to this, is a thing where I, uh, it's like a chronicle. It's me chronicling, uh, I guess like weeks of my life through some improvised music and some stories that I may write in a little pages document on my computer compiling multiple multiple pages of stories that for whatever reason came into my head and I jotted it down sometimes it's just things more uh, diary type sessions um, because sometimes I'll just be like hey I did this this week here's a story about it for example this week, I uh, joined up with my good pal, Karsh McCabe, and um, he came into town, into Richmond from Chicago, uh, for a little two-day break from his normal job. He, uh, well, he's in Chicago, doing what they do in Chicago. If you don't know what that is... My advice is go there, check it out. Chicago's a great town. There's a lot to do. And a good majority of it is really fun and worth doing. So, um, so Karsh comes into town, and we did this over New Year's as well. And this hopefully is going to blossom into a several times a year type of thing where I can get together with this guy because this guy his mind just works in a cool way that I really have a fun time interacting with um, especially through music and performance a little bit so he came into town we organized this little thing had probably eight people or so come over and play in this tiny living room that just fit our instruments, us and these people. And it was real intimate and really fun. And Karsh and I came up with different ideas that day and went, all right, that's an idea. That's whether it's it was a completed idea or whatever. We'd be like, that's a good enough idea that I think when people sit in front of us, we might be able to come up with something interesting or funny or ridiculous or cool and so we played some music for these folks uh every, each and every one of them was freaking spectacular so fun to talk and interact with all the people that came to that so if you came to that and you listened to this thanks if uh you didn't come to it and don't even know what i'm talking about I'll bring it up next time that I've got one of these ideas. Or if, like, Karsh happens to roll into town, um, it's a thing that would be fun if you came out and checked it out. Um, other than that, so that 
I mean, that's an example. And and here's the thing, like, this episode starting off already four minutes in, no music's really come in. Um, I don't have all my instruments set back up since the that get-together with Karsh playing that those weird things that we did. You know, a little bit later, uh, we recorded a little bit of it with a little microphone that was up in the corner of the room. It didn't record very well. And uh, the vocals, for whatever reason, probably just how the mic was aimed, the vocals come out pretty clear. Music, a lot of times, doesn't come out that clear at all. Uh, But we just played really, really little setup. Both of us were actually playing just through, like, a PA speaker. So it's not like we had our amps set up and, I don't know, the room didn't. (laughs) kind of sound that great but who gives you know i mean that's just the deal it's just uh when karsh comes into town who knows who knows what's gonna go on and uh, there was there was good stuff i had a good time seemed like other people had a good time um but since that all my equipment uh, has been moved around and it's back up it's in the room just not all connected so I'm starting the podcast out without any music, just to see what would be the deal with that. What would that, how would that affect the whole show? And I can take a guess at how it's affecting it. So uh, after this break, we'll see uh, what percentage of you feel the way that I think that you do. We'll be right back. So we're back. That was an all vocal performance. And now, as you can hear, there's music coming in. And there's a a new update to be added. Um, A good friend of mine came by. I don't know if I have the permission to announce him by name. But I guess uh, just to give him a name, a temporary name, now this isn't a real thing, but uh, we'll just call him the Jeej. Uh, He came over in the little meantime there, and I took a break 
on everything here and we recorded some music together. Um, he's got an interesting setup that he's currently working on. Um, I, I don't want to say too much about him because I would like to get him on the show sometime and actually talk it to the mics, but we discussed that a little bit and it just wasn't the right time for that, but he did come over and we tried to play together. So um, a majority of the music going on is uh, me in collabo with the Jeej. So I'm going to bring this up and we'll listen to a, a minute of it or so. Uh, this is just the first stuff that we kind of started to play. And uh, you know, then we'll start checking some things out. So this is Ogilby and the Jeej. Stealth stuff. That's cool. I like that stuff. You know, anything that's... I don't know. It's tough to... Uh, it's tough to say what I'm really into right now. Karsh asked me this weekend what I'm, what I'm listening to, and it's kind of all over the map. But I noticed that as you start working on music... You tend to listen to more of your own stuff than other stuff. I mean, it's fun to just kind of bust something out. What I did this past week is bust out some old faves. And that that was great. I mean, getting prepared for having this little house party uh, and doing this. I'm, I'm sure anybody listening to this will agree. You just go deep in the vaults and you bust out some old records and bust them out of uh, CDs, I should say. But they feel like records <laughs> at this point. Um, but busted out an old Mars Volta album. Busted out uh, Elad National Flags 
DJ Logic's first album, Diggable Planets first album and uh like an experimental improv album that uh is pretty influential to me club delf um so if you've never heard any of those albums check them out they're awesome uh i'm trying to spend a little time here getting into the next piece of music that uh me and the jeej did uh but the other big thing this weekend that i should probably mention and i don't have the list right on me but a big 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 thing in my life is the oscars and i know it's it's i think it's watched pretty heavily but it's it's also heavily hated to a large degree um and that's understandable it's a it's an an awards show and it's uh prestigious i guess so they tend to not f around with it too much this particular oscars uh there was a lot of shenanigans not saying it was still the greatest show of all time or anything like that but there was some decent shenanigans in there Jack Black's routine uh, is one of the better things that I've seen from him recently. Um, and I guess uh, that's about all the time we have talking about that. Maybe I'll bring up my top 10 list or something like that in a minute. But um, here is another piece from the OBS and the Jeej. Some improv messing around. Hope it's rather enjoyable. I hope so. I don't want to sit here and listen to this if it's whack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh boy. Thank you. 
Just here working it out The way I know how I'm just here working it out The only way I know how I'm just working it out The only way I know how I'm just here working it out The way I know Oh, 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 Yeah, that's me and the Jeej. I'll tell you, it's different playing with another person. I don't have much of a history with the Jeej. Hopefully it'll continue. Um, you know, at the beginning of starting to play with somebody, it's... Um, I guess the percentage of good to the bad is kind of way outweighed on the bad side. Uh, and the important thing to keep in mind is to not give up on it. Because that is just the way it is. I mean, I, you hear stories maybe about people getting together and uh, things just clicking, but I don't know, I don't, I've never had that experience, I don't think, um, I, everybody I've played with, which is a handful of people, uh, if it works, it's because we spent years <laughs> working together and learning what each other does and the sounds each other makes and how to make sounds with that other person and not step on their toes. Uh, I'm sure as we go through here and listen to more of this stuff, there's going to be a lot of toe stepping. Um, so if that happens, just keep that in mind that it's a natural thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I, we kind of recorded this little session, and then he had to roll. And we talked a little bit about him getting on the mic and doing a little thing. I'm not so sure I'm good at doing interviews or anything like that, and I don't know if I want to sit down with somebody and be like, hey, I already know you, but what's your deal? I just don't know if that would work. Maybe it will. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm in interested in trying a whole bunch of stuff out but um 
anyway, hopefully that gives a little background of what's going on. We're going to come in here in just a few more seconds with another little section. This probably took place a little bit later. Um, and just want to point out, I know there's a couple of people listening that uh, kick back and drink a brew while listening to the show. That's what I like to do. And I want to say cheers to you. Um, I'm not drinking a brew this time, but I am kicking back with a small glass of Jameson tonight. Um, and I think there's a good reason for that. I, I poured it and just, I felt it. It's like, this is what I need for this session uh, but as I'm thinking back, I know why. It was a, a wild weekend. Karsh McCabe was in town. Oscars, top ten lists, a lot of discussions, a lot of shenanigans, things like that. Met some new people. Uh, and it's emotionally charged and draining type of thing, having that sort of weekend. And now sitting back... That's where a uh, good shot of liquor or bourbon or whiskey or something like that on ice, that's where it does the trick. It just calms it and uh, gets you back on track in a way. So speaking of back on track, let's bring it up, see where we're at in this track and uh, uh sorry my fade was a little little slow there but here we go back to Oakby Street the G Thank you. 
I think it was nearly four years ago to the day. A friend of mine handed me the first gift I was ever given that would change my life. It was shining, sterling silver, straightforward, right down to its very function. It was my first, my only. It was Christmas time, maybe soon after, maybe a few days before. I was leaving the restaurant at quarter past eight. Jimmy had gone to get the car nearly half hour ago. Where the hell was he? He was a prompt guy. I mean, at my wedding, he showed up at least an hour early with the rings. So where the hell could he be? While I was waiting inside, I had stumbled upon the bar. There was a friendly enough man standing behind, possibly washing a glass with a clean white towel. He lured me in with a witty remark, or it might have been a drink. Nevertheless, I found myself wasting a good hour or so inside while attempting to just make my way out. As I sat at the bar, I tried not to stare at the TV screen. That contraption can suck you in faster than a dustbuster on ecstasy. One day I realized that while I was watching a rerun of The Daily Show or something like something like that at 8.30 in the morning, I was smoking my Lucky out of my last pack of Baileys and thinking how lucky I actually was to be alive and breathing on a sunny sun Sunday afternoon. Then I realized that it was Monday and I was really on my way to work. I had something going on in my head which I mistakenly called a hangover. It hurt like hell. My eyes couldn't bear the sight of anything brighter than a dorm room Barbie on triple stacked ecstasy. But I didn't have any money last night to buy alcohol. I distinctly remember pulling up to the Blockbuster with $21 in my wallet. I walked through the front doors, then the security doors. There was this man behind the counter, polite enough to smile and say hello. I acknowledged his existence and walked back to a uh, section of the store that was kind of near the Xbox rentals. Not Xbox One not Xbox 360, regular Xbox.
I'm kind of sitting there overhearing these employees talking to each other. One guy says, he's kind of pissed, and he's like, so are you going to tell me why it's 9.39 and these movies still haven't made it out to the shelves? And the other guy just mumbles something. I didn't hear what it was. And the other guy says, all right, Devon, you realize that this is the third time this week that I had to remind you to do something. Now you tell me, what are we going to do about this? And Devon's like, shit, man. And he says, hey, watch your language around here, too. Jeez. At this point, I stepped up to the counter with empty hands. And I'm like, hey. You got any copies of that smash hit Castaway back there? The shelf's empty, and I'm about at the end of my rope. And Devon's like, hey, uh, let me check. So he turns around toward the back counter. He starts fingering his hand through the stacks of videos. From somewhere within those stacks, he located the film that I mentioned, and he brought the cassette to me. Thanks so much, man. I almost killed myself back there when I saw you were out. I guess it's pretty fortunate that these copies were left back here, huh? I stepped through the barcode detectors, grabbed the bag where the movie was slipped, and I pushed through the doors and arrived outside. I happened to look down to notice that the film that I had just rented was fucking Castaway, and I paid good money, and now... Hopefully I was going to go home and sit brain dead on the sofa for three hours and watch this naked Oscar-winning actor bitch about his problems to a flattening volleyball. All of a sudden, a gust of wind crossed over me. The receipt leapt from the plastic bag to enjoy a little romp on the pavement. It twisted and flipped like a ballerina turned acrobat on speedy rolls. <laughs> then, suddenly, the bowed piece of register paper made a sharp left into a store. I knew which store because I tend to frequent it on occasion. Could be a sign. <laughs> yeah, I agreed with myself. It could. It could be a sign. But I also don't appreciate litter bugs, so I need to at least go in the store and pick the receipt up so I'm not littering. Inside the store, it was uh, decorated, you could say. Still as intriguing as before. So many familiar names and faces. The man at the counter, who I knew as Charlie, greeted me with a friendly hello. I noticed that he said the same line, the same hello as the bald dude next door, but Charlie was a much better actor. The receipt had stopped nearly 15 feet inside the store. I lifted my arm to acknowledge that I had heard Charlie speak, and I headed back to the leftmost aisle. It was there by the receipt on the lowest shelf I spotted a bottle of J&B my favorite drink with buttery popcorn 
I didn't hesitate to snatch that bottle up and take it up to my man Charles. He rung me up instantly. I had just enough cash in my wallet. It was a sign after all. I left the store and wished Chuck a pleasant night. Oh, wait a second. I did have money for alcohol. I didn't have money for gas on the way home. That's right, it was raining and I ran out of gas on the highway about six miles from my home. My Jeep doesn't get great gas mileage, but I swore the gauge could go at least a quarter inch past E. Cars and trucks sprayed me with dirty road mist the whole way to the next exit. I was drenched. I think I even... I think I was even pegged in the head a couple times by small pieces of rubble. The rest of the journey was even more difficult to endure. It was a straighter path to my house through the woods rather than taking the windy streets. However, the woods were muddy, wet, and darker than the pupil of an, in an eye of a hell demon just after parachuting his fifth pillow of X. At one point, I stepped on a dismantled piece of chain-link fence. It tore a hole in the sole of my shoe. So I had water, mud, bugs, worms, and raw sewage pumping into my foot the entire way. I wouldn't be surprised, too, if uh, some pieces of broken glass and a condom or two found their way in there. Well, I was nearly halfway home, and I bumped into two straggly homeless bums who I was forced to kill. They spotted my scotch, and it honestly became a situation of them or me. After all was said and done with the rain, the worms, the booze, and the shadowy forest dwellers, it took me less time to walk home than it did to watch the movie.
on that dreary Monday morning, driving to work, smoking my Lucky, I could not stop my brain from attempting to run at normal speed. It obviously wasn't possible, but the damn thing kept turning. It was like a wind-up music box whose springs were as loose as they would ever be, but somehow it pelts out one struggling note every ten seconds or so. Unfortunately, like the notes on that puckered-out musical toy, my brain couldn't make a discernible tune. I had forgotten where I worked, not just how to get there, but what the name of the business even went by. And if that weren't the worst of it, my motor skills were still moving the way of the salted snail. I'd lost my ability to drive. It would take a genius to pull over and stop the truck, but I was repeating kindergarten for the third time right here. My foot trampled down on the gas pedal, sending my head back and my vehicle into hyperdrive. The first intricate detail that I was able to grasp was that the steering wheel would change my direction depending on how I'd manipulate it. Therefore, I was able to maneuver around other drivers who were obviously unlapped down on this game of NASCAR 500. I quickly became a pro behind the wheel. The dotted lines meant nothing. It was all about spotting the open lane and moving on in. Occasionally, a fed-up white collar or some young, loose cannon would slow down or speed up, trying to avoid the shame of my passing them. Though, I found that if I approached their little black Miatas or the rusty old Tempos within a few inches, they'd just spiral off in some direction that would cause me much less hassle. Then I'd move on. My friend Jimmy and I had planned diligently over the past few months to coordinate our work schedules, especially our lunch breaks, in such a way that we would be able to leave our separate offices and their separate buildings and meet in front of our favorite bar at the exact same time. Jimmy worked in the records department of the district courthouse, which was much closer to the bar than I was. Therefore, I clocked out nine minutes ahead of him. My scooter, for downtown getting around, parked just outside, would give me a quick lift four blocks down Lime Street, where I'd bust a left on Fellway Circle. Halfway around the bend, I'd spot Jimbo approaching, and we'd meet up directly across the street from the Cluxon Gin Bar. Kelly and Pax had this CD player behind the bar, and it was wired to every speaker in the whole place. It played all the music. George had a jukebox still in there. would pull in close to 50 bucks a week, and we'd never be subject to the strange song selections of the random customer because their songs would never come up because we were running everything from the CD player that Telly and Pax had back there. I was sitting there that day on that Monday and I realized I had this feeling. I 
this little bit of a buzzing sensation, maybe a popping and clicking, or a bell ringing in my brain. It was a feeling I hadn't had since I did laundry that day back in October of 1995. everybody out there uh, listening if you made it this far thanks gotta say that every time because who does it um, I am gonna bring it down here uh, the Jeej and I recorded a lot of stuff and I, I actually just let a big section of it just play there so I mean there's a lot of a lot of stuff there it was a good session I liked it things. The Jeech is working with new equipment, new age technologies and things like that. And, and as a matter of fact, he's inspiring me to get some of that stuff too. So the, the Moog stuff that I got last week, uh, where there was a little bit of weird noises and stuff in there, uh, I've got that one thing. He has got that to, uh, I don't know, pretty infinite degrees, got all this crazy stuff. 
So I will bring it down there just because we're getting into the 40 minutes so, uh, uh, area, you know, and um, I do realize that I did five minutes at the beginning without any music whatsoever. So I gave myself a little room to add some extra time in here, but it is about that time to get moving and get this thing completed so I can put it online so everybody can listen to it and we can all have the best time of our lives. It's the best special part of my life. Yeah, it's the special part of my life. It's the special the special part of my life, yeah. Uh, my boy Gary T, he loves that shit. That's his favorite song of all time. And um, shout out to you, Gary T and Fancy Adams. What up? So thanks, everybody. This is Ogilvy Straight signing off on the Experimentalist Podcast number 32. Peace. Enjoy yourself, bizarre.